Welcome to Shattered, the podcast. This is the podcast where we discuss mental illness. It's by a sufferer, for sufferers, and for the people that are looking to understand what it's like to live with mental illness. G'day. Today we're doing one in response to questions that we've had from listeners who have been wondering about motivation, particularly if you have a mental illness, how do you motivate yourself? The other side of that question is, I love somebody that has a mental illness, and why are they not motivated to do anything? So we're going to tackle this in two parts today. First part, we're going to speak to the person who has a mental illness and who cannot motivate themselves. Now, it's important to get to the root cause of why we do anything. We've talked about behavior in other podcasts. Behavior is all motivated. You've got to be motivated to do a behavior, whether positive or negative. There needs to be a motivator to do it. The problem when you have a mental illness is you are so questioning your own motives, your own sense of self, your own sense of value, that it seems impossible that other people would place any importance on anything that you would do. And you as a sufferer know what I'm talking about. You know that you really want to get involved in things. You want to go to that barbecue. You want to meet those people for drinks. But a big part of you is, why would I bother? Because do they really want me there? What can I contribute? You feel like you've got nothing. You feel like it's difficult just to get out of bed in the morning. And I've been there. Recently, I've been there. I honestly believe that this is going to be a lifelong struggle for me because my mind is a liar. My mind is telling me that whatever I try to do, I'm not going to be able to do it well enough for it to have any kind of impact at all. Next to that is motivating yourself through depression. When you're depressed, your mood is squashed down it's crushed and you know this feeling you feel like you're being compressed you don't know why you don't know how but you just feel pushed down and you feel like anything that you do is going to be wrong or not good enough now let's talk about how do you motivate yourself to do things say in your general world first of all let's talk about maybe cleaning the house. Maybe that's a thing that you would like to do. You look at the mess in the house and you just, you want to do it, but you you can't. Now you need to look at your motivations here. Your first motivator is who are you doing it for? Now it's not really important who it's for. Maybe it's It's for yourself, so you get a sense of self and you get a sense that you've done something good for the day. It might be that you just want the people that you live with, the people that you love, to know that you tried to do something for them. And that's a good thing to do. If your motivation is to try to make somebody love you or try to make them feel better about you, then you're never going to be able to motivate yourself to get the job done because it's a self-fulfilling prophecy of doom. I do this to make the person love me, but I'm going to do it wrong so they won't love me, so I may as well just not do it. Let me tackle 
housework because it applies to so many other places. It's such a metaphor and a simile for other situations. The let's just tackle that. Now, I live in a house where my wife works full-time. I work part-time because of my health. Uh, my three kids are at school, so they're all teenagers, so they're all messy. I'm messy. I'm terrible. I have projects all over the place. I leave them half done. Things that I'm doing, I know I'm going to come back to it, so I'm, why clean it up? I look at the house And at my worst of times, when I haven't been working, I've wanted to get up and clean for my wife so that she comes home and feels like there's one less thing that she has to do. But that always seemed to become not enough of a reason. It it, it wasn't enough to motivate me to to get up and, and do it because I was doing it so hopefully she would be kind of less mad at me. She'd feel that I wasn't as hopeless as I truly felt I was. But when I got past myself and I would take times and I would go, okay, I am going to clean today. The problem that I did is I looked at the entirety of the mess. I looked at the whole house. And before I was injured, if I was going to clean the house, I was going to clean the house. Vacuum everything, wash all the clothes in the house, get them all in the line, make the kitchen clean, wipe down the benches, to the best that I could do, which was not fantastic, but, you know, you could tell somebody had tried. Now I look at the whole thing and it goes around in my head and I've got to do the vacuuming and, oh, the vacuuming, what if I, and then I've got to do the washing and, and all these things start to build in my head and then I start to panic, I start to hyperventilate and then I work, end up in a worse position than I was in the first place and then instead of just doing a little bit, I'm doing nothing because I've talked myself into this hole in the ground of being unable to do something. So there's two ways that I get around this. I choose one simple task and I do it. Try not to think about it. I just do it. I just, if it's tidy up the lounge room a little bit, okay, there's Lego on the table, there's toys on the floor, there's dirt on the thing. I'm going to get rid of the dirt. I'm going to go around, I'm going to dust and I'm going to vacuum. Now, What's important about that is sometimes that becomes a mindfulness exercise and you're able to do a little bit more. You're able to say, well, okay, I'll vacuum this room. I'll vacuum the next room. Whatever I'm doing, it's working at the moment. I'll just do it. The other thing that I try and do is I try and do jobs on the spur of the moment. So if I'm in the bathroom and I see that the sink is dirty and I'm brushing my teeth, I try to, without even contemplating the issue at all, I'll clean the sink. I'll scrape up that old toothpaste. I'll wash away all the whiskers and the hairs that are there. I'll give it a bit of a wipe down and it'll look nicer than when I left it. Now, doing a little bit of something is better than doing nothing of anything. So for my wife to come home and see, hey, my kitchen is not great, but the lounge room, I can tell that My husband got off his butt and actually did something today. And that's one less thing that I have to do. Let's talk about getting out of bed in the morning. I honestly cannot give you a good reason to get out of bed in the morning except for habit. Just to force yourself to get out of bed. Now, I know that you're looking for some kind of 
oh, you know, I need a motivator, I need a, an inspirational world, but there is no inspirational world that I can give you that will make it less difficult to get out of bed in the morning. I understand you wake up as tired, if not more tired than when you went to sleep. Your dreams have been so horrible that you can't even remember them, or if you can, you're desperately trying to forget them. And then you think about getting out of bed, and then you think about facing the people that you've got to face, and then you've got to think about the things that you've got to do that day, and then you think about everything and anything under the sun, and it all becomes too much, and it all comes crashing down on you. Not not like a building blown up crashing down, but it comes crashing down like a car being crushed. It happens like your mind is slowly being compressed smaller and smaller and smaller and it, it's at a point where it has just become a garbled mess. You can't even, can't even recognize it anymore. So getting out of bed in the morning has got to become a habit. Build it into your routine. Get out of bed. Have breakfast. Brush teeth. Do one thing. Then stop. Collect yourself. Be mindful. Choose one thing that needs to be done. Now, sometimes sitting on the couch watching television is you building up the necessary energy and purpose to do what you have to do later on in the afternoon. So you might just get out of bed, have breakfast, brush your teeth, hang up a couple of towels... And you're done for a little while, and that's okay. You've got to look at what you've done and go, okay, that's what I've done. I do need to go pick up my kids this afternoon, but instead of worrying about that, I'm going to do a mindfulness exercise or a distraction to ensure that I'm not focusing on that event. I will deal with that when I need to. Right now, I've done what I need to do. It's small goals. It's small steps. It's finding little ways that you can say, hang on, today has been a good day because I got out of bed. I ate breakfast. I spoke nicely to the people in my house. The other side of this coin, of course, is for all you carers out there, people that are looking after somebody that seems like they are not motivated to do anything. And I know There are times when it looks like they just simply do not care about you, their possessions, your possessions, your house, your environment. It seems like they don't care. This is the time where you need to be open and honest with your loved one. You need to figure out what they can and what they can't do. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to sit down and pull their brain apart and be a psychologist and sort out what they can and can't do. You can tell them in ways that are safe that you need to have a conversation. My wife does this. I've got something to talk to you about. It's not the end of the world, but it's something that we need to deal with. If I have capacity in that moment, we will deal with it there and then. But if I say, dude, I'm a little bit freaking out. Can we do this a little bit later? She'll say, fine. Now, where has that come from? That's come from giving her my permission to be my coach. She has come and she sat in my psychology appointments. She sat in my psychiatrist appointments. And I encourage you, if you are trying to support somebody that is going through these issues, you need to be in on at least a couple of these sessions. 
Because the person that you're loving needs to understand that there is an impact to their behaviors. See, they think there is no impact. They think that I don't care, so why should you care? And I care, but I will do whatever you want me to do so badly or so poorly that you'll think less of me anyway, so I end up with the same result. Now, I'm not saying that you need to live in an environment that is abusive or is dragging you down. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying that you need to know that they are doing their absolute best and you need to understand what that best is and you need to allow them to operate within that best process. Now, if you're the kind of person that says, I want to come home and I want this, 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 and this done, and you're asking somebody that has no capacity to do it. When I was a kid, I tried to help out my mum one time. I thought I'd wash the clothes. Never washed the clothes in my life before. Used half a box of washing powder. Now, my mum is, she's a routine gal. She just, she likes things the way she likes it. I made things worse because I use too much powder that was just too much you much rather i just not do anything and that's the assumption that a person with a mental illness has got whatever i do is going to be done so badly that it doesn't really matter now all this comes back to you being the coach in their mental health journey And a part of that is being in on the conversation. And you need to do whatever you can to be part of that conversation. And if that means crashing a psychology appointment, looking at the psychologist and saying, we are missing something, then that's what you need to do. If you love that person and if you want it to work, that psychologist needs to know exactly what's going on in your household. And that in turn will allow you to be part of that conversation. So you can know what you're asking is reasonable or if it's unreasonable. Asking a small child, I said to my 12-year-old, mate, I'm going to go out for the day. I need you to come home, cook yourself some dinner and get yourself off to bed. He's 12 years old. He's never going to be able to do that. He's just not going to be able to. If I say that to my 16-year-old, no problem. She got it sorted. What could I ask my son to do? Come home, maybe cook himself some dinner, and then we'll get him some help to get into bed on time and in an appropriate way. That's what you need to be asking your person with a mental illness. What can you achieve? What do you want to achieve? And what is it okay for me to expect from you? A big part of their recovery, and I know this is true for what's happened in my life. A big part of my recovery has been the times that my wife has had hard conversations with me about things that I don't want to hear, but are the truth of how I am hurting her or making her life difficult or making it hard for her to be around me. Be part of the conversation in whatever way that you can. Ask your person with a mental illness to do what they are capable of doing. And call them on it. Not in a mean way. So if you've said, okay, you're going to clean the house today and you come home and they've just vacuumed and you're like, but you were home for the whole day. Was that a realistic expectation? Were you asking somebody that was incapable of doing something? And that does not excuse laziness because mentally ill people can be lazy too. There is no magic bullet 
when it comes to motivating a person with a mental illness. Every individual person has got their own way of navigating their mental health journey. That's why if you sit in a group session, everybody's story is different. Every story of hope and progress is different. I've scoffed at people. People have said, well, I did this and it really worked for me and you should try it. And I've looked at them and laughed on the inside. That would never work for me in a million years because I know myself. There is no magic bullet, but there is a motivator and you need to find that motivator and you need to be accountable to the people around you to ensure that you are not being lazy. You're just achieving what is possible for you to achieve. Once and for all today, if you're in a situation that is unsafe, leave, call the police. If you're struggling with dark thoughts, please give Lifeline a call. Have a great week, everybody. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Shattered, the podcast. Special thanks to executive producer Torian Lau and also to the band Adelaide for allowing me to use their song. Check them out, Adelaide Music, in Tears Search Engine, and you'll find out all about them. I'll catch you next time on Shattered, the podcast. Shattered, the podcast.